You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Broadcasting from the Blanchestan Center, this is Phoenix FM. This is 92.5 Phoenix FM, community radio for Dublin 15. Hey everybody, it's JB Jeremy Borash and you are listening to Daryl O'Connor on the... Welcome to the Wrestling Rewind. The only wrestling podcast by fans who don't hate wrestling. All right, everybody. It is Tuesday here on Phoenix 92.5 FM. If you're checking us out anywhere else, welcome. This is the Pro Wrestling Rewind show 72. My name is Daryl O'Connor and welcome to the show. Martin, how the hell are you doing, sir? Just phenomenal. It is all out week. If I was any happier, it would be a mental illness. (laughs) <laughs> well look you know if you're listening to this on tuesday you're like why don't you want to talk about all that we are but we are recording this on friday night as we do every single week um so if you want to check that out live or a little bit early go over to uh, near to know media and uh, check us out there because that's that's how you're going to be able to do it ladies and gentlemen but if you're checking us out on phoenix Sam, we do appreciate it uh we will be doing a preview of all out and oh my god that is a long massive card it's a so, card and a half absolutely so we will be getting to that at the end of the show but we are going to review something that Martin I really enjoyed, man. I thought it was great. Uh, WCW Spring Stampede 1999. Oh my god! Uh, look again. I haven't really watched these shows since I was a kid. I haven't really gone back and watched some of them. And I, you know, WWE propaganda is like a thing, man. Because you think 1999 WCW is terrible. It really isn't. In fact, it's the opposite of terrible. It's actually really good. And this is probably one of the best shows. This is probably the best show we've seen so far on this run. Um, and yeah, like every single match, well, not every match was great, but every match had something I liked. Most matches I really liked. And it had, it had just, you know, even the dud, which was Conan and Disco Inferno, was still pretty good. Um, so look, Martin, opening thoughts on this. Uh, what did you think? What was your favorite moments or what, what stood out for you? Well, I mean, firstly, I couldn't agree with you more. I sat watching this, as I have done with all the WCW pay-per-views we've watched, just waiting for it to be... To get bad. Shite, yeah. Yep. And I sat, and I the first match was class, the second match was class, and I kept waiting, like, when is this going to get done? And it mm. it didn't. I, I can't agree to you. I think this is the best of the WCW pay-per-views we've watched. But not just, like the best of the ones we've watched, as if that's a low bar. This was just an objectively good pay-per-view. Yeah. I, I, I would happily watch this. This was better than SummerSlam. Oh, man, that was the worst. SummerSlam was the, one of the worst things I've ever seen. <laughs> you know, there should but, be, like, hearings about it, you know? Or, but or, but what, it was... Or what did they call them in Ireland? Inquiries. Should be inquiries. Yeah. <laughs> 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 what happened? Why was it so bad? Um, I don't know. Like, here's the thing, man, right? Like, we our we, this show we have done 1999 WWE, right? 
and obviously the the folks can go back and listen to that. We haven't done them full runs. We probably will have to go back and fill those gaps in. But it's so weird because when you go back and think about 1999, you're like, oh, sure, wasn't WCW terrible? And it, it's not. <laughs> it's not. Genuine, no, genuinely not. Like, no, bits look, of it I, are. Like, yeah, yeah, the, so. um, the Flair-Hogan cage match, bits of it were baffling. Not yeah. necessarily bad, but baffling. Uh, and that's kind of a thread the whole way through WCW. Like, sometimes you're just sitting there going, what the hell? I don't understand. But it is absolutely not like the, the, uh, the shitstorm that WWE makes it out to be no, or that people thinking back to it. Now, I've absolutely no doubt that 2000 WCW is every bit as bad as I remember. But uh, 98, 99, this is still a pretty hot company. Like, these crowds are popping. They like, are going off for everything. You can also see the difference as well. Like, you can see that these are very, very, very different products. You know, like, the way they're presented... The way the the matches flow, the the working style, um, all that kind of good stuff is there, and it's like almost welded into the fabric of the show. And it's weird because you're watching WCW and you're like, oh wow, this is really AEW. You know, you're getting kind of flashes to it, and you're like, this is AEW. You well, know, but I gotta it, tell you, way. and I don't want to interrupt you, but it's just the fact that you said that during the Benoit Malenko Raven Perry match, I yes. was going. This could be a dynamite main event. This is Literally, brilliant. That's what I thought too. That this is exactly is what I thought too. Yeah, I was just like, wow. They like, and I, look, I say that as a credit to AEW. I'm like, if they're modern WCW, fine. They've earned it. It works. It really works. And here it is working again. Like, you know, you will have to say that, like, the, the main events, and I will, I will be honest, the main event of this match, of this pay per view, I couldn't stomach the first time around because Hogan showed up and I'm like, oh. <laughs> and then and then Flair showed up like Ugh. so I was just like no I have to watch it again. But I, I was actually I I can watch it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay, I won't interrupt because we'll get to the main event. We will get to the main event. Yeah, no, we will. Like, there's there's a lot to it. Again, it's it's we can't we can't emphasize this enough for people who only watch modern WDB or indeed Dynamite or anyone who just watches the modern product and doesn't watch the spills. I would say, look, guys, if you're listening to this show, one, we appreciate it. We really do. We love you guys, right? I mean, now you listen because the numbers are brilliant, right? I, but, I only but, like you as friends. That's fair. Martin's still, Martin's still in the getting to know you phase. That's okay. Um, I, I and, need to be wooed. <laughs> but me and Dave love you. So that's the main thing. Uh, you know, we, we appreciate everyone who listens to the show. The thing about it is, if you're only listening to the show, you're kind of giving yourself half a service here. Do watch this show because you will you will pick up instantly how different this is. And like why when people say stuff like Jesus, four hours is too much or Jesus, a three hour show is terrible or anything like that. That is like a common a common uh, complaint about the modern product. It's not saying because it's a hip thing to say. It's saying because it's true. This show zips along so fast that you're like, that was brilliant. You know, and you're like, oh. you're not you're not leaving it going, oh, you know, I could watch some more. You're like, no, that was enough. I want to go off and do something else. <laughs> it's it's one yeah. thing that, that actually has me slightly torn about All Out and about AEW pay-per-views in general um, in that because they only have four of them a year, Mm. I I get why they're big events. I get why they're four hours long. Yeah. 
and I kind of want them to be because it's such a big event. You know, like if I'm taking Monday off, you know, I want want it to be worthwhile. I want it to be because it's a big thing. But at the same time, if it's not really good, three hours in, that's hitting you, you know? But listen, right, AEW All Out is their biggest show of the year, right? Four hours makes sense. Three hour Raw makes no sense. A four hour, oh, a, a four madness. hour money in the bank or something makes no sense. A four, even a five hour. Remember when WrestleMania was nine hours one year? Madness, yeah. And it was like, why was that? Oh man, it was just like this has been going on for days. This is absolutely hell. Like you know, well, you only you, you kill the crowd. Like oh, yeah. when when Becky Lynch won the two world titles. I mean, that should have been the roof should have come off that place, but it didn't. Because everyone was dead. Banjaxed. Everyone was Absolutely They'd been there since half seven that morning. <laughs> and look, no matter how, like, unless you're going to like ferry different crowds in and out, which, you know, to be fair, there is something for two nights and that's probably a good thing to do. Now, I don't think it's so much with AEW because AEW like know that and they're aware of it. And to be fair, yeah, the card is big, but that will kind of be, that won't be like random nonsense. It will all be rel- relatively tight and fast and zip along. And that's exactly what they're taking from WCW. Because WCW stuff, yeah, it has like cooldown matches, but the cooldown matches are either there to help set up what's going on or to further a storyline or something like that. Or else they're literally just like, all right, this go, go out and earn four, a paycheck. Four or five minutes back. long. Yeah. yeah. You know, because they don't, they don't have a women's division. And that is, so instead, so instead of having a women well because of the way they use their cruiserweights yes. the cruiserweights are used as a legitimate division they don't have a, a pee break right and in wwe their pee break would be something horrible that they do to the women's division right which is what <laughs> yeah. they did um WCW, Brand panties in a mud pit. Oh, in, in a mud pit or whatever some other you know abhorrent thing and yeah. um, they don't have you know <laughs> women's degradation match literally that was that was it man you know uh stuff we can't even repeat on radio um like king alone like king alone like slightly hypocritical saying it now because when i was 14 years old and it was happening i was well into that (laughs) there you go you know different times man but as i said like it was a pee break for a lot of people and it would break up the show wcw instead of hiring a bunch of women to do that they just have decent jobbers who go out and have jobber matches and that's it and it's fine. Look, to be fair, I'm not a fan of Disco Inferno, but I don't. I didn't dislike seeing Disco Inferno. I'm not a fan of Mikey Ripwreck. I didn't dislike seeing Mikey Ripwreck because he was only there for like, you know, a cup yeah, of coffee. That it was, was it. a short run, but man, I gotta say, this match and he was on the last pay per view we he was we reviewed. But both times, I mean, his whole shtick in ECW was that he was useless and he would just get bet up and he was basically there to be ragdolled by the bigger guys. That dude can wrestle. Yep. He, he actually, and I think it's funny, like, we'll get into that as well as we're going through the card. Because anytime I do see the, the ECW guys show up, I'm like, oh, wow, you guys can actually, like, go. And you can do stuff beyond just, I'm in a bingo hall. So, you know, it, it, it's different. But let's get into this, right? So, yeah. obviously, uh, Tony Schiavone, Bobby the Brain Heenan, and Mike Tanay. I think this is fa- fasty because, like, I knew I always loved Tony Schiavone. But I think this is becoming my favorite booth. Oh, great table. I just, I love Tony Schiavone in, in, in general. 
as a commentator. Mike Tenay is also one of my favorite commentators. I can do without Bobby the Brain Heenan, but I do appreciate him as well. I do think he's kind of funny when he's funny. Um, except when he's like degrading the the smaller talent going, oh, I don't watch Thunder. It's like, you don't need to say that. Stop yeah. saying that. <laughs> Stop like, saying that. You're put, you're burying the lads in the ring. Come on. I, I noticed that. Uh, but at the same time, that kind of just fits in with his... It does. You know, his whole, his whole gimmick. Um, but but I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's like you're brought on here to accommodate and to, to big everything up. Like, But see, I, I think if, like, if he had of... It works because that's his persona and he's obviously like the heel... The heel, right? And Mike Tenet is the the straight man, basically the information, and Tony Schiavone is a mix between the two. It, it also works because of the time. Like at the yes. time, Nitro was drawn five six million people a week. So yes. They could they could denigrate their second show. They could yeah. talk shit about fans like they didn't care they didn't because care, yeah. they had six million people shooting every every week. But I will say is you know it's it, again it's something that AEW and this is not going to be a comparison show. But AEW does do it quite well, except for Taz. Taz needs to stop being a commentary. Um, but other than that, I, I do like it. I think the it again, it's just like it's the, the DNA of this, the the companies are the same. And they just get it. Like when WWE do three man booth, it's the worst thing in the world. You're like, what is going on? Please shut up. Just one of you talk. That's it. <laughs> you only need one person and it's your man from SmackDown. The the new the new fella, the your man, can't remember his name. I, I don't even know because I, I I do not watch either Raw or SmackDown. I I can't. The guy the the the, the guy who's on SmackDown is like the color commentator. He his first night was the night I was in the Thunderdome, and he's great. I like him a lot, but he's the only one I can actually like listen to for more than five minutes and not just want to jump off a very <laughs> high building. Yeah. You know? uh, anyway. So yeah, look, this was in April the 11th, 1999. So many years ago, my friend, many years ago, because we're getting old. Uh, this was in Tomacoma, Washington. And uh, I will have to say the actual like poster is a bit lame, but that's okay. And uh, the set, okay. I was slightly disappointed that the set, there wasn't much of a set either. I have to say, right, yeah, the set was lame, but I really appreciated how it was used in the hardcore match. So I'm not, I'm not going to hate on it too much because... Yes, I yes. I enjoyed it in the hardcore <laughs> match, you know, it's, and we'll get to it because that was a wonderful eleven minutes. But let's start off with a fantastic cruiserweight match again. You know, as part of the course with with uh, WCW, let's start off with a hot cruiserweight with lads jumping around doing the flips and doing the the big spots. Juventud Guerrero defeated Blitzkrieg in eleven minutes and eleven seconds. Phenomenal, phenomenal match. Amazing finish as well. Holy hell! Off the that that um that move off the top rope to finish the match was terrifying, but excellent. The whole match had several spots that were just absolutely insane. Um, Blitzkrieg has long been one of my uh, favorite uh, cruiserweights. Yes, I think that's partly down to the fact that he's objectively excellent, but also partly down to the fact that uh, the only bit of WCW I used to get to see when I was younger was when I would like coincidentally visit my auntie on a Friday night because she yeah. happened to have Sky. We're like, oh, oh how are you, Breach? And then I go and sit and watch uh, Thunder. Uh, oh, that's Blitzkrieg used to be in and that. But this was just fantastic. The only thing was that they did a, a sliced bread, you know, like a backwards suplex thing. Yeah. Um, and that was almost disastrous. Like, 
very, very nearly botched that really, really badly. Um, but the whole match, the pace was excellent. The like the spots were amazing. There was a a, a top rec, a top rope drop kick that was insane. That was unreal. That was actually and, class. Oh, I I really like. And, the, I, I, sorry, I really like the the Alhuvan too. Looks kind of weird when he's not in the ring with someone not as flamboyantly dressed as him. So I did appreciate Blitzkrieg's get up because I'm like, this is cool. To me, this makes sense. You know, it's like this is what they should be wrestling in. You know, because when you see like it's like Mysterio, like I, I he looked, he looked. Uh, we'll get into it with Billy Kidman. They kind of bit more. You know, you're like, oh, okay, in my head now, this is the flippy stuff, and they're going out to have this. Not like Mexican style match, but a cruiserweight that kind of brings in all that like heavyweight stuff. I don't know. It just made more sense. I think they should dress them up like Power Rangers and send them out because it's like that's what they're doing, you know. Yeah, and and I tell you, you got to give it to to Blitzkrieg as well because I think he was, despite his like obviously incredible ability as a high flyer. I think because he was working as the heel, he. At least in the early part of the match, he grounded his uh, his wrestling more. You know, because yes. he could have could have yes. bounced around and got over, but he he kept it pretty grounded um, until it built to the you know to the crescendo. Uh, the other thing I got to say about Blitzkrieg is, I mean, it takes skill to get over when your name is the code for a Nazi German war technique. You know, that's that's yeah. like if you had. That's yeah. like if you had an English wrestler whose name was Bloody Sunda. You know, that's it. <laughs> that's some that's some heat. Oh, and I suppose it depends on the, the audience. We had um the there was a German wrestler, can't remember his name now. Um gone now, but it was similar. It was a similar kind of thing, and his whole gimmick was like a ger- like being German, German American. And um I don't know. It's just they seem to flirt with this a lot more in WCW than WWE. They're like, okay, yeah, you, you can be called that. Okay, fine. <laughs> you know, it, it made more sense, but if someone came out to WWE with the name Blitzkrieg, I'd be like, oh, oof. Yikes. Yeah. You know, but like in, in if w- someone came out like, with the name like Liebensram. <laughs> yeah, you'd be like, all right, fair <laughs> enough, to make sense. But in WWE, you'd be like, oh, I don't know what it is. It's just, like, I think with WCW, you're just like, Makes sense. There <laughs> going. Maybe I think it was just. Maybe. it was the nineties, and nobody cared. Although you got to say, like TNA, to this day, I have a guy called Suicide. So you know. Well, see, that's the thing. Again, like it's you know, I think it's just it, it, when WWE, like WWE, would never do anything like that. They would do something more like sexual or like grotesque in that sense but as far as politics they would usually just kind of step away for it for the most part with, with wcw it's like well yeah you're coming from japan or you're coming from mexico or whatever it's like okay fair enough i think it's just that thing where you're like you know they're not owned by wcw you know they're just kind of roaming in so you're like all right and i, I always got that with tna as well but suicide is different because like he's literally a tna creation so you're like oh but that you, music, though, dude. Are suicide you suggesting? Music. Are you suggesting that if Suicide joined WWE, he'd be called Autoerotic Asphyxiation? No. He, well, <laughs> well, when he joined, he was a uh, you know PJ whatever his name was. Oh, the I didn't video even game know. Guy. Yeah, he was. Well, he it, was, was <laughs> yeah, he was in WWE as the video game guy. Uh, PJ whatever can't remember his name is, but um, with uh, 
the suicide music is amazing though from TNA. Come on, like, oh yeah, it's brilliant. Unreal. It's just such a poorly taught out like. I, I don't even. I don't even think it is. I. I think it's. I, personally, I think it's great. I have no issue with it. Like the guy, if that that's his style of wrestling, like he has no uh, consideration for himself. I just think that it strikes me. As- the type of thing other people might have an issue with, you know. And he did, and that's why he changed it to uh what was it to panic or manic? It was something stupid, and then he went back to suicide because it's like self-harm. Yeah. Self-harm, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> anyway, so fair play to Hoover Guerrero. He picked the he picked up the win in eleven minutes and eleven seconds. What a brilliant finish. Oh man. The finish of this was like I don't know, being in the locker room after these shows, you know, you, I don't know how they just weren't like I have to follow that. Well, do you know what? I actually think that that's why they have this down so well. Because the next match is uh, Sandman and Bam Bam. And they don't really have to follow it because it's an entirely different style of wrestling. That's a fair point, actually. Yeah, yeah. The way they have this. And even then, the next kind of flippy, flippy match isn't for like, is forwarded down a card. And then there's a technical. Two, three matches away. And then there's a technical wonderland in the middle of it as well. Um, oh, but well, that's a good point. But look, you know, Bam Bam and Hack, I love myself a hardcore match like this. I love these absolute garbage wrestling that nobody really bleeds in and there isn't glass. But they all go through stuff and hit themselves with like random things. And I thought this was great. I think uh, Sandman, I wasn't like, I liked him, but I wasn't really like enamored by him. But Hack, hardcore Hackman, I, I love this guy. I think he's great. And having chastity there with him, as is floozy, it's brilliant. She's off there getting them weapons and brilliant, man. Like, and here's the thing, right? We were talking about the set. The set was used so much in this, and hacks out there doing Jeff Hardy moves before Jeff Hardy was doing them. You know, jumping off the top of things and using tables, and it's like, oh man, this is so ahead of its time. You know, really well. It is. When, when, when it he is pulls out the table from underneath the stagecoach, that, oh, that was fantastic. Well, let okay, so let so I said a controversial statement. Let's set the, the historical narrative. When was the first ladder match that changed the way ladder matches were done in WWE? Do you know what month in 1999? Well, but how it depends what you mean. So I'd like to take this opportunity to write an historical wrong. The first ladder match in WWE was not Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon, yes. it was Bret, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. Because Brett had taken it down from Stampede Wrestling. That is true. That is true. But the match that changed the way ladder matches were done was the the, the final of the Terry Invitational Tournament. Yes, we all know that spells. Clever WWE. Clever. Um, <laughs> that's why it was done. I don't mean to interrupt. <laughs> but very quickly, because of the Terry Invitational Tournament, um, I was doing a, an election tour once of the Ireland South constituency, which is 12 counties. And we went round all the technical colleges. Oh. And we went to, you know, uh, yeah. Kerry Institute of Technology and, you know, the, uh, uh, like, where else were we? Were the Cork Institute of Technology and the Wicklow Institute of Technology. And I could not wait until we got the Tralee Institute of Technology because I wanted to get a picture of myself outside TIT. And it's, Institute Technology Tralee. I was so bloody annoyed. See, they were aware of what happened. I think it was TIT at one point and they changed it. Um, But yeah, man, that's hilarious. 
but uh yeah so that's credit and that happened in october in october 1999 so no mercy wcw were ahead of them this was like a hardy boy match this was a jeff hardy match oh brilliant you know and look i was shocked the hack can go like go so well it's like where where was this the whole time what were you doing (laughs) you know and it just shows you that like when you take them out of the bingo hall or you take them out of WWE who don't really know how to do them. And you're just like, it's like, oh, well, this is great. You know, and it, it, it really says a lot because it's like, should Bam Bam and Hack have been bigger than they were? You know, and I think they could have because like, they, oh, this obviously Bam isn't Bam, for, definitely. Well, look, this obviously isn't for everyone, but the hardcore style was being done in WWE at the same time with the you know, Al Snow and the Big Boss Man and all that kind of stuff. That that was the feud that would be like directly parallel to this. Yeah. And I don't know, man. Like it just the the Hack Bam Bam feud seems to have more of a a big fight feel than a joke. Even though they do some stupid it, stuff it, in it. It definitely wasn't a joke. And I really enjoyed it. But I think part of the reason I enjoyed it was that WCW tended tended to keep these to ten minutes or so. Yes. And uh, I mean, it, it, it's such a, a weird balancing act in my head because on the one hand, part of the reason it was so good is because they had a proper, real good worker like Bam Bam in there. But also I'm looking at that going, oh man, Bam Bam deserves better. But dude, there are some great spots in this as well. Like as far and I don't think the match would have been as good. That, that's the thing with WWE. When they did the hardcore division, it was great, but you wouldn't really say, oh, there's amazing matches. Like there's the spot with the guardrail where he puts the guardrail over and you're like, oh, that's that's it. That's like proper ECW, you know, sick match psychology. It, it just adds that like extra level of legitimacy that just wasn't in the hardcore division until 2001 when all these lads kind of came into the WWE, but it was a bit of a joke. I think like the best example of this is like when Raven came into the hardcore division and it just kind of went whoop okay we are we are going into a whole new thing here and raven's run with the hardcore belt is probably the best one but taker's one's pretty good too but here uh, bam bam and hack has the same kind of dynamic as that really famous jeff hardy undertaker match like like again when i say a bam bam deserves better i mean that's not the that's not to denigrate this match this match was brilliant like oh absolutely the yeah. they knew what they had to do they had 10 minutes to go out there and create havoc and they bloody did it i think maybe i i'm, I'm just sitting here remembering bam bam from the early 90s yeah you know with bret hart and king of the ring and i'm just thinking man that guy can do so much more mm-hmm. but again that is not to say that this was anything less than come on a fantastic second match like we're two matches into a 1999 wcw pay-per-view and i'm bouncing yeah oh man it was great and like it, the crowd loved everything that was happening there you know they really did they were super into it like and then the next two matches really are kind of like cool down to bring everybody down again which they did it wasn't like they're not bad matches scott Riggs defeated mikey ruperick in about uh seven minutes and conan defeated disco inferno and actually a pretty decent nine minutes but again the whole point of those matches was to just like right go to the toilet get some food come back yeah be grand and that's what a couple of beers come back and then get ready for you know things to really ramp up because after disco and conan leave the ring 
the show keeps going and it goes hard until the end. Bump. So, yeah. do you have anything to say about the two matches? Because I really don't, other than what I yeah. said. Uh, but go for yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, like yourself, a very short note here. Uh, just that Mickey Whipwreck, what a solid wrestler, man. Like, Absolutely. Uh, really, like, really dab hand. And I knew when I was watching it that this is, like you say, this is a Pittsburgh match. But man, I was really enjoying it. He's a real solid wrestler and I really enjoyed that. Conan versus Disco, like you say, it was grand. It was a perfectly good Nitro or Thunder match. Mm. What I don't get is, like, we keep reviewing these major pay-per-views that happened in front of thousands of people and got huge buy rates and Disco Inferno is on every single one of them and I don't he must, know how. He must have just been mates. Or he's just hanging he, out going, look, he, I have my gear. I'll go has, out and he take, must the, have, take the look. He has footage of Hogan at a clan rally or something. He must. <laughs> well, look, <laughs> man, here's, here's the thing, right? If someone needs to take the L, right? And if Disco's hanging around and catering, he says, look, I'll go out and yeah. I'll take the L. That's probably what it was. It's like, all right, look, Disco, go out there and get take take the pinfall, you know. And, that's and what he's it was. bloody over. Like yeah, he comes out, he does his, he comes out and he does his dance, and the crowd goes nuts. Yeah, and I, I'm sat here baffled, but I'm going well. I'm one Egypt against twenty thousand people who are screaming. So, well, look, as I, and I said to you, look, the way they did it here, if these are the pee breaks, it's a lot better than sending out two women who have no idea what they're doing. To fall around for a little bit, which is what yeah. WWE would do and did do for about ten years after this. So, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to sit here and and criticize two pretty decent wrestlers, but again, kind of pointless. But it's either that or just take an intermission, and this was better than an intermission. So, yeah, that, that'd be my metric. But that said, right, did we go right back to to full gear, full steam, full right? Gear. All out, full all gear, all out, all out revolution. <laughs> That's it. Uh, a single match for the WCW Cruiserweight Championship. It's about 16 minutes of absolute, probably one of the best Rey Mysterio matches I've ever seen. Right? And this was better than any of the stuff he did in WWE. It was fantastic. Rey Mysterio, without a mask, defeating Billy Kidman in what... Uh, what look, this was just a clinic of that style of wrestling. And I don't understand how people don't like Billy Kidman. I'm like, did you not see him work? He's amazing. And then with, with Rey Mysterio, I'm like, where was this Rey Mysterio? This was brilliant. Like, there was, there was, there's so much going on here. Well, it wasn't just spot, 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 spot. They're friends, they're mates, they're tag team partners at this point as well. But also, Rey Mysterio, he, he beat Billy Kidman for the championship. And that was the story going into it as well. It's like, well, is he too overconfident? And throughout the whole match, he he breaks out these new finishers that he never used or never used since. And he's like, oh, I can win with this. And he can't. And it's like, how? what does Rey Mysterio need to do? It was such a good match. But I will have to say, some criticism, and let you come in now in a second. The only criticism about this match is the absolute ending of it, where it's like, oh, it's over. That's my criticism. The ending was a bit flat. Yeah, and, and and I'd agree with that. I'd say the first thing I'd say is that, that it really shows uh, how much WCW at this stage was beginning to think of the cruiserweight title and the cruiserweight division. That this was not an opener. This was the fifth match. Yeah. This was after the two piss break matches. This was a seriously considered part of the show and like you said they gave them 16 minutes you know that's a big chunk you wouldn't 
you don't get that for for a match that the company thinks nothing of. You know? And here's the thing as well, like you know, obviously we saw Ray lose his mask. I think he looks good, dude. I think he he usually looks kind of weird. He's a weird looking dude. <laughs> I don't mean that disrespectfully. He is. He looks really weird. But it's, he looks weird because we don't see him without the mask. So when he doesn't have the mask on, it's like this looks weird, you know. <laughs> but I have to say. The gear he was wearing and just the way he looked with like not all the tattoos but just a few of them actually looks deadly. Like I think he, that's the best he ever looked as far as like presentation wise. I'm like that's cool, man. He, you know he looked badass. But um, I don't know. This is just. I mean, I stopped taking notes on the on the spots. This oh, was just brilliant. so many. Like as I said, the finish was so disappointing. Not because it was bad, but because there was so much good to happen in the match sure yeah and it deserved it deserved an explosive end well one of the things i gotta say about kidman and i completely agree which is how oh my god wwe screwed that up so much when they didn't make him they had his contract and they did nothing with it this dude is amazing and it's not just the high flame because loads of guys can do the high flame but he does so many little things in his different moves that just add like the least realistic style of wrestling is the high flying lucha stuff. You but know? they take it seriously. That's, exactly. that's what I'm saying to you. He this does whole... so many little things that just make you go, "Oh, that looked legit." You know, like yeah, he like was that's, phenomenal. Like, there's, and that's that's a good point because there's little things in, like in a match that you'd see that takes you out of it. You know, punches or something like that. And in the high flying, it's kind of hard to be like, "Yeah, well, he sat there when you did it." You know, a massive terror doom spot or something, which is ridiculous. But with this, like he would do stuff like he'd throw an elbow in or throw a punch or set up a springboard. That doesn't look like it was set up. He just did it as offense. And you're like, that is awesome. And again, it's because they took this match or they took this division not as like a joke. Yeah. They're like, okay, they are cruiserweights, but they are having a main event. This is for the title, which is the most important title to that yeah. weight class. And that's what WWE did. They, they messed it up completely by making it a joke. And and the thing is then, like, Kidman, he's now like a... Trainer. A coach or a trainer. Yeah, yeah. So clearly, they recognised the level of skill he had. They just didn't want to push a WCW guy. They didn't want to push a small guy. Or a small guy, yeah, exactly. Like, here's the thing. If Kidman was around today in his prime at this point, guess where he'd be? AEW. That's where he'd be. He'd be <laughs> with Adam Cole. <laughs> well, not only with Adam Cole, but even beforehand, he'd be there with uh, with Pac. Well, we got to say, he reminds me so much of Pac. It's unreal. How, like, I think one of the hugest, possibly the biggest missed opportunity, apart from Bret Hart and WCW, in all of wrestling was the invasion angle, mm. and that invasion pay per view. The best bloody match on that whole show was Billy Kidman and X Pac. Oh, uh, RVD and and okay, yeah, and okay, Hardy yeah. was good too. To be fair, <laughs> but there are, yeah, they're 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 close up there. But um, yeah, man. Like again, guys, if you if you're just listening to this, we appreciate it. Get the network, watch the show, or you know what? There's other ways to watch the show. Don't, do don't that get too. the network. I, I, I <laughs> ever ever since WWE fired 120 people last year in the middle of pandemic, I shamelessly steal everything I can from them. Theoretically, we do not condone this on the right radio. He is obviously talking in hypothetical, hypothetical Spe- stealing. Speaking yeah. for speaking for myself in my 
prison in South Armagh. <laughs> I'd steal it all and you can come and get me. <laughs> well, there we go. There we go. And there, look, there are ways to find it, obviously. But if you if you haven't seen this, folks, go out of your way to watch it. It is fantastic match. This whole show, it's totally worth your time. It's about it's less than three hours. It will zip across. It's a great time. And look, we're only halfway through it. We have four really good matches to go through. And already it's a it's it's you know, we're giving it a, a, a probably a, an A at this point. But look, a match that according to network doesn't happen. It <laughs> just doesn't appear. Uh, Chris Benoit and Dean Malenko defeated Raven and Perry Saturn in for, in a fourteen minute absolute tag team wrestling clinic. Again, as you said, man, you talked the words right. MMO. This could be a main event of Dynamite now, and it would be like match of year candidate. Oh man, match match of the show. Yeah, match of all the WCW shows we've done. Probably match of nineteen ninety nine. Everything about this was just phenomenal. And And like part of the reason I keep saying that it could be a dynamite main event is because AW treats tag team wrestling as a serious endeavor. And and you can tell Shivani loved this too. Because he actually mentions that he's like tag team wrestling is back. And you're like, well, with that it is. You know, do you have Benoit and Malenko who are brilliant on their own, brilliant as part of the horseman? But then you also have Raven and Perry Saturn, who I didn't think were that good of a tag team, but holy hell, Raven's out there putting in absolute Trojan work. Raven's out there phenomenal. battering. Saturn's out there jumping off the top rope through a table to the outside. Wild. What a spot. Benoit is doing a diving headbutt into a chair. Oh, you know, man. There was a shouldn't gr- have done. There was a great, great, there was a great spot there when uh, they were going to the finish. And Benoit did the headbutt to break up the pin. And I'm like, I haven't seen that in a while. <laughs> but do you know what I thought when I was watching Benoit and Malenko? Do you know all that I thought the whole time I was watching them? What? FTR. Really? FTR. Everything they did reminded me of FTR. But then again, that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. You know, as I said, as you said, and then I agree with you because you literally read my mind. Um this is AEW. Like, this is exactly AEW. To a T. It looks like AEW. Feels like AEW. Uh, now, obviously, the, the the guys in there are probably... Oh, the four of them. For whatever happened outside the ring or whatever. Probably the four best wrestlers ever. In their own way. Oh, um, yeah. Raven. On a click. Raven, for me, in terms of promos and stuff like that he's up there with jake the snake like he oh, was man. ravens ravens i love ravens. when he was let, when he was let do his own thing he was he was brilliant but like well, even as the, a wrestler though like as a wrestler himself oh. being being under people forget that he is just a phenomenal wrestler oh yeah he wasn't he wasn't like out of his depth here or anything no he was, he was brilliant yeah. he was a key part of this match um everything what i loved was that they could do brilliant, like a tag team set uh, pieces, set pieces and different mm-hmm. things. But also, what really made it was when they would come in for a punch and elbow. Man, they would lay it in. Just, but, but also as well, you got the sense that they weren't trying to just do their moves and then leave. They're like, no, we're a team. We're going to work as a team. And if you come to the corner, we're going to batter you. Do a set piece and then leave. But still. We're trying to win as a team, not just, uh, like again, WWE, 
uh, let's see. Okay, if they were booking this right, if they were to book this, Cena and Orton would be a tag team, and they'd go against Edge and <laughs> I don't know Roman Reigns or something, right? <laughs> Archer or, or whoever, right? They would do, the whole match would then be doing their spots, tag out spots, tag out spots, tag out pin. That's it. Yeah. What's the point in that? Like, that's, that's just a time waste. And this I think was, that's, this was brilliant. This was brilliant. Do you remember, uh, maybe maybe it was only because like I actually watched it two hours prior to this, but on Dynamite this week they had FTR versus uh, Proud and Powerful. Right. And it reminded me. It reminded me of this. But uh, look, I don't know much time we have. All, all I can say is that this was the match of the night. This was the match of all the WCW pay per views we've done, and this is honestly one of the best matches I've seen in a long time. Absolutely I, love this. I would agree on that. Like I'd say, if if you're not sold already, what we said, that match will change your opinion. Totally watch it. It was followed up by a pretty decent Scott Steiner Booker T match for the fake and uh, WCW <laughs> United States Heavyweight Championship. Scott Steiner picking up the win in cheap fashion. The match was really good, but Scott managed to just win as the biggest <laughs> heel as he is. And poor Booker got battered as a result, but I enjoyed this match. It was super fun. It was a lot better than the match that followed it, but uh, it was really good. Oh, this is what Scott does. Like So... If you just take the bell to bell the match, this is a good match. Decent good match. match. Decent match, exactly, yeah. But when you take in all just the big pop of pump nonsense, this oh, man, he fantastic. is fantastic. Oh, he's just being Scott Steiner as like the ultimate heel. It's wonderful. It's he's wonderful. Excellent. He's out there. I mean talk about working the crowd. He is working the crowd. He is out leaping over the railing, getting into the face of fans. Everything he does. Shit every, he's uh, Everything. Oh my! I, I I have never, and I I don't know what it was. Maybe I was being pretentious, uh, but I've never liked him. Or maybe I just liked the uh, the old Steiner brothers too much, and I never forgave mm. him for for breaking up them. But I've never liked Scott Steiner. But ever since we started doing this kind of retrospective of the LWCW pay per views. I think he's my new favorite wrestler. He's Man, fantastic. This is the thing, and this is the thing about TNA as well. He was wonderful in TNA as well. You know, it's like that's why we do this show. You know, we are the only wrestling podcast for people who don't hate wrestling because we're not stupid enough to watch current WWE. That's how you hate wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> you go back and you watch good stuff, like we do. And man, I, I'm so happy to go back and watch Scott Steiner in his prime. Just do oh. this stuff. It's brilliant. And Booker T's just a rookie here as well, and he's doing great work too. I'll tell you what as well, like Steiner, right, the big pop a pump thing, winds the crowd up, he's great, he obviously has the promo stuff down, he has the winding the crowd up stuff down, he get into the ring, he was doing some legit amateur amateur moves in there that yep. looked proper bloody vicious, like, this is another great match. Yep, it's it was. W- it was it's WCW in 1999, we haven't had a bad match yet. Nope, and I, and I will say, like, the next match, it's a Goldberg match. Goldberg beats Kevin Nash. That's yeah. all I can say. It's a Goldberg match. Yeah. <laughs> it's like but, every other Goldberg match you've seen, except you for the bad what? ones. Even for that, it, it actually went a wee bit longer than the usual Goldberg match does. And I That's, was surprised. You, you know, know what? There was, there was some counters. There was some wrestling. There was... Well, Kevin Nash was out there and he was working today. So... Yeah. It was like, oh, grand, man. You're, you're, you're doing it. Go for it, you know? And it, I think... It, it was... The old Kevin Nash, the old leap 
where 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 Goldberg went for the spear and Nash left over it. I mean, like, look, this is your typical, like you say, Goldberg match it was a couple of minutes long. There was nothing mad about it, but it was longer than his usual matches. Yeah, it was more intricate than his usual matches. It was never going to be Brett versus Owen, no. but uh, again, <laughs> they, this they did this try. was decent. He went out and tried. He went out and tried and actually delivered as well. And I said, yeah, I made a joke that it was your typical Goldberg match. But to be fair, when I was watching it, I did think that too, where I'm like, this was better than a normal Goldberg match. Like, again, you compare it to him and Bobby Lashley at SummerSlam. It was not that. (laughs) It was not that. It was a lot better. Although, it would have been a lot more interesting if Kevin Nash had choked out his son at that age. (laughs) What would he been? (laughs) Nine months at that stage. Oh, maybe a jack been a, a, a jack maybe on a toddler. Maybe you would have been a better actor. <laughs> uh, I, but I do have to say the only down point for this was, um, for me, was the main event. I was happy DDP won because I love DDP. I hate Hogan. Flair really grates me. Sting was just like just there. I did like seeing Randy Savage. I thought that was cool. I was like, oh man, this is great. But what, like, I, w- I was kind of coming and going while I was you know, preparing for the show. Because I, 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 di- I did watch it just before we did the show, uh, the main event anyway. And I'm like, when you, when, you, when you look away, you're like, that just looks weird seeing the five of them in the ring. Like, because they're the old guard, you know? And you're like, that just looks weird. <laughs> it just looks I, strange, you know? So I can't hear on this main event. That's because that if you fair. were to pull out an N64 and plug in WCW NW Revenge and make yourself a main event, it would have Sting, <laughs> Macho, DDP, <laughs> Hogan, and Flair in it. And fair. I, I cannot complain about that. And I'll be honest with you, I, I know you have your issues with Hogan. Hogan was dropped out of it fairly early. Yes. And one thing that really really i really enjoyed he was dropped out of it with an old bret hart move that yeah. nobody uses and it astonished why does nobody use the ring post figure four it looks amazing yes. it's easy to do but uh, it was but it was cool as well because it obviously like wcw didn't do the whole medic thing that much so to see it being done it was like oh that's cool so yeah no, i know look there was a lot to like in this i historically don't like the, the WCW main event scene, but I do like DDP. So the cool thing about this is we're going to start seeing a lot more DDP in the main event now, which is great. Um, okay, well, look. I, we, I actually didn't know that DDP wins this. So when he did, I oh, properly man. popped. I popped oh, like I was man. watching Dynamite. Watching like, <laughs> I, I legit went up oh, for it. Like, man, that's so I was, I was buzzing. Well, see, that's it again, guys. That's why we say, you know, we put up on the social media watch show we're doing. Please do watch it before, you know, before we do it. Because, look, with WCW, when you're watching WWE from back in the day, you kind of know what's going to happen. But with WCW, you really don't because WWE have been so bad passing on the history of this stuff that it's like you're watching something completely brand new for the first time. You know? And here, just like, just like Billy Kidman, how badly was DDP wasted? In, um, in W, just DDP. When you watch him in WCW, he is phenomenal. He's an exceptional wrestler. Yeah, and you know what? The good thing about it is, though, at least on this show, anyway, 
we'll be able to document that and watch it going forward because that's the main thing. But look, we do have to get to all out real quick. Um, quick letter grade on this, Martin. What would oh, you give it? Uh, B plus, A minus, somewhere in there. I'd give Excellent. that too. A, a minus anyway, absolutely. That's, uh, yeah. you know, if you haven't seen it, make it your business to watch it. Have a couple of cans, have a couple of drinks, or if you're if you're under eighteen, have some uh, have some Pepsi and you'll have a good time. If you're under eighteen, have a few now. <laughs> uh, be grand. Yeah, be grand. All right. So real quick, I did. Before... It never did me any harm. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, before we get out of here, man, uh, all out is happening. By the time the folks are listening to this, it has already happened. We'll be covering it on this show next week so do join us uh friday night we'll we'll be on live on uh near to know media or the wrestling rewind.com uh okay martin let's quickly run through these uh picks so opening up 21 women casino battle royale for a uh women's title match who have you got okay so this is um i think this is going to be more than the typical uh casino royale Probably Anna Jay or maybe Ty Conti because they Ooh. have uh, they kind of have stories going on. But my secret in my my deepest heart of heart desires is that Maki Ito shows up. Oh, that could happen. Even that if she shows happen. up and gets thrown out, then the entire pay per view five stars a plus. <laughs> well, look, I don't know. I love Rio, so I want her. My heart wants her to win. But uh, oh, who does? Well, this is the thing. They actually have for. They have an incredible women's roster. They don't have an incredible women's division. I, I no. love AEW, but they they just haven't got the formula right in the women's division. They're aware of it, though. They're but aware they of ha- it. But they have an incredible roster. Yeah. And I know the Casino Royales typically aren't great, although they've they've changed the formula recently, so it doesn't have that weird thing where five people come out at once. Yeah. I have high hopes for this. I think this is going to be a great opener. I think it's going to be really good. Um, and like you say. I'm never. I'm not going to be annoyed if Riho wins, if Ty Conti wins, if Anna Jay wins, if Makito wins. I'm not going to be annoyed. It's it's That's all right. good. Uh, Mox and Kojima. Brutality, absolute yeah. destruction. These two guys are not going out to prove themselves. They are going out as ambassadors of New Japan, and New Japan is. No bullshit. New Japan is sport. It's not sports entertainment. New Japan is sport. And these two guys are going to go out to batter each other. Going to be a war. But you think Mox is going to get the win? Oh, pff, undoubtedly. Okay. Uh, undoubtedly. I'd say so as well. Uh, Paul White, a.k.a. The Big Show, has gone against QT Marshall. Do not care about this match at all. Um, I imagine. Your- Disco Inferno piss break. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine <laughs> why you will probably win because this is his first match in the ring. But... Do you know what? I'll be I'll be okay with this if this goes three minutes, big punch, big choke slam, and then we don't see QT Marshall for a couple of weeks. And I don't say I don't any hate for QT Marshall because I know he plays a really important backstage role. Yeah, and he, he's actually he's actually a good baby face and a good heel he's just he doesn't inspire anything you know so if Paul White chokes arms out of his shoes and we don't see him for a couple of months grand Chris Jericho MGF if Jericho loses he must retire for in-ring competition Jericho's not losing but that promo that happened I don't know I don't know either I don't know like 
like yourself, I was like, Jericho's never losing. And then I saw that promo and I was like, they are laying the groundwork here. Yeah. Yeah. Now, here's the thing about Jericho. Is he's he's a chancer, so he could lose. And then he could go off and do a fuzzy tour and he could come back in a year. Oh, that could happen. Okay, I'm changing my pick. MGF is winning because that's exactly what's going to happen. You know, the pandemic's over. That's he could exactly what's happening. Year yeah. Under a different name, or he could go. I know. Oh, oh, no, there was, a, there was a, a loophole. loophole in the yeah. contract. Or, yeah. I don't know. But there's two matches in this card that I wasn't sure about. No, that I was sure about. And then the promos on Dynamite changed my mind. This is one of them. And this is what I love about wrestling. So, wrestling, all it needs to do is to is to implant 1% of doubt in your mind. Just 1% so of I'm doubt. So I'm going to put you on the spot. Who is it? Who's getting the win? MJF. Okay. I think you're right there. And it's because of the promo. Miro <laughs> and Eddie Kingston. This is Think... the other match. Oh, okay. Why? I, Miro was going to murder him. And this promo was amazing. It and was. it just made me think, oh, Eddie's in. Eddie's going for that. You know what? And I don't think that would be a loss either way because Miro, Miro has been great, but Eddie Kingston is probably his time. I'm going to go Eddie Kingston. I'm going to go Eddie Kingston on that. I'm, I, I, th- I think I think Miro will retain, right? Okay. But I think down the lane somewhere, Eddie Kingston is going to lift that TNT title, and the roof will like, come yeah. off. The, the roof will come off this building. If I'm sitting watching <laughs> Eddie Kingston win a title, the roof will come off this bloody building, man. But that promo Eddie Kingston did was amazing. And Miro, so I don't know if you saw it, but Eddie was always like, oh, I've seen you and you're always dodging the DDT. You're always protecting your neck. I think your neck's your weak point and I'm going to go for your weak point. And then Miro come out and he said, the only person Miro lays down for is his sexy wife and i'm just like oh, oh amazing. i love both of you i don't i don't know who to root for <laughs> who do you think's winning between the books and lucha brothers in the cage match lucha. okay i agree with that i don't think the books are getting it uh well they're already we already won the belt so i think lucha be guys need it insane match yep. but the luchas are too good of a tag team to not have won the titles yet i agree split up for ages and they were kind of a little bit jobbed out for a while. I think I think this is it. I think the Lucha Brothers got to win this. And yeah. I think they'll be fantastic champions. And then we got uh, Britt Baker versus Chris Stanler. Uh, Britt Baker's not losing the belt. There's no way. No way. Uh, uh, she'd probably win by shenanigans. Ah, uh, yeah, but there's no way to take the belt off. She's but way too win. over. Yeah, she's way too over. Uh, but that's not the... I know we're just going to skip over this, but that's not to diminish Chris Statlander, who is a phenomenal wrestler. And before she got really badly hurt last year, she was really on the up and up. She was really doing well. Uh, and to be honest, since, since she's come back, I think she's better than ever. That's fair. That's fair. Um, speaking of someone who's not losing, Punk is not losing against Darby Allen. Uh, uh, no, no, there's no way. No, there's hold no on. No, there's no way. His... His uh, promo on Dynamite gave me that one percent of doubt. No, nah, man, I don't. I don't think he's. No, I don't think so. I. I think that. I can, what I would. What I will say is, Darby will come close. I can see a storyline where Darby beats Punk, and Punk's whole thing is like, "Oh, I thought I was going to come back into this and be myself of old, and now I gotta like really, I gotta 
build myself back up. I gotta, you know, do the old Christian cage. I gotta outwork everyone. I gotta. Is this I, in Chicago though? Oh God, yeah, they might. Yeah, they no, might, there's, there's they no might way. burn the building down. Yeah, no, there's no way. I'm sorry, man. No way. He's uh, he's, he's not he's not losing. There's no I'll way. I tell you what, I mostly agree with you, but I have that one percent of doubt where I will bite on every near fall. Fair. That's fair, and I think you'll get that as well. Uh, and Chris, uh, so Omega's obviously beating Christian Cage because Christian Cage is the Impact Champion. Uh, Kami Omega's not losing that belt, but I do have the one percent to doubt that Christian could do it, but I don't think he will. The one thing I want to see from Christian, and he did this in TNA once, and like I said, I I haven't been a big watcher of TNA. I've only seen this in highlights. It was one of the most phenomenal things I've ever seen. You know his his finisher, the unpretty or the yeah. imp- impaler, it used to be called. He did a phenomenal version of it where he was outside the ropes and he hit the guy so he spun around and then he basically vaulted over the top rope back into the ring and caught the guy. And I think if anyone is capable of doing that, it's Kenny Omega. Yeah, it's like a weird version of the, um, the V-Trigger almost. I I think we might see that spot. I but. think it's going, to, dude. I think it's going to be a great match anyway. You know, I, oh. I, I, I don't like Kenny Omega as much as everybody does, but I think him and Christian Cage just have that magic. Oh, incredible chemistry! So incredible it's really chemistry. But, but Kenny dude, Omega we, for the win. That's fair. And dude, we are going to have so much to talk about next week on this. I'm going to take copious notes, but I'm going to watch this twice, and then we'll be talking about it. Because if you want to get to to us to talk about it, like uh, me, you're going to watch it drunk and you're going to watch it sober. Uh, you absolutely have to. <laughs> um, so yeah, again, uh, nerdtonomedia at gmail.com. We will be setting up a, an inbox for the show at some point when I get around to it. Um, and of course, you can join us on social media. Just go to uh, thewrestlingrewind.com and you'll be able to find everything. Or you can just listen and not get your voice heard. But we want to hear from you because uh, that's what we want to do. Martin, anything you want to plug before we get out of here? Yes, I am currently doing a program called Wimp to Warrior. It's uh, five days a week. We get up at 6 a.m. and we get trained in various MMA styles of fighting. Right. And on the 19th of December, I have an MMA fight in a big old cage. Holy hell. Now, that's not what I'm promoting. What I'm promoting is that this week I found out that we actually get entrance music. So as a wrestling fan, I was buzzing about this. So I have decided on Metallica's for whom the bell tolls. Very nice. So, so this week I am promoting for whom the bell tolls. Go and put headphones on and listen to it really loud. Awesome, awesome, and obviously do keep us up to date with how that's going. That's amazing, dude. I was not expecting that at all, but that's awesome. Um, yeah, guys. Oh, and, yes, and also the uh, the uh, barracks, the army barracks in Cross McGlen is being dismantled. So, oh. That's awesome. That's been there for 40 years. Nobody has ever wanted it. And now it's been taken down and we couldn't be happier. Elvita's <laughs> in the Cross McGlynn. There we go. <laughs> uh, guys, I will just plug Nerd to Know Media, Nerd to Know Media at gmail.com. Hashtag save Dave. Uh, send Dave comments. Uh, nice comments. Be nice to Dave. And um, of Dave course, sound. Dave is sound. But again, thank you for listening to us. Uh, he will be back eventually. Don't know when, but eventually. And um, yeah, again, thanks for listening to The Only Wrestling Show, hosted by wrestling fans who do not hate wrestling. And we'll be back next week here on Phoenix 92.5 FM. And of course, on the True Penny Channel. Bye, guys. Yeah, rock and roll!
Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production.